Well, you guys can see <laughs> my hard part you know, right now. Yeah, true. It's true. out. True. We didn't even have to press to start the episode. You just you was, called me you soft. Flopped your. You called me soft, and now I'm hard on the laptop and because started, I was accused of being soft. I'm trying to decide hard, who to tell who to put their nipples away. I think all of us should have our I think nipples neither. out. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, nipples agreed. are agreed. The definitely nips are adding a big part to it. of it. Yeah. Well, you said that was for sound reasons. Was that not? Is that not true? Yeah. Who's harder That's than whom? You said acoustics. It was. I'm hard. My nipples don't have our to be out for acoustics. Nipples are all hard. Wait. If it's what? Well, our hardness is how well the sound reflects. That's, that's off what of he us. said. Yeah. yeah. Well, based on the levels that I'm seeing. He actually is a loud boy, and you actually yeah. are a soft boy. I'm, I'm just saying, I have soft parts, and I have hard parts. Maybe I'm a little softer. Fine, fine, fine. fine. It says nothing about you as a person. I, I know it what it everything. means. I know what it means. It says everything about you as a person. It's implied that I'm a little soft boy. You're and a little I, soft boy, and I love it. I love that little soft boy. Mm. <laughs> I want to say soft boys matter, but like... That's also just so fucked up to that's say. A, that's, that's a little fucked. Like, <laughs> that's a little fucked. Because I don't mean it that way. I mean, you can, you can, we can rearrange. We can go soft boys. I love soft boys. Because that is true. I love a good soft boy. I Let me tell you something, though. I've never seen a, a boy drink more beer than this soft boy. That soft boy is all full of beer. This soft boy has had more beer than I've ever seen anyone That's else drink. That's probably beer. why I'm a little soft. That's <laughs> part of the soft boy. Oh, this is Christian for the patient. All right, I'll be soft boy. This is episode 168 of Lots of Pasta. And um, I'm here with a couple soft boys. I think we're all a bunch of soft boys. Can actually. I be a yeah. medium boy? No. I want to be a medium boy. No, we're all soft. Now. If if, if oh. he's soft, you know, in retrospect, I'm soft too. Guys, I bench press like a hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know you on your ends. Fine. I'll be a soft boy. I know on your ends. On your any innies, you a soft boy. I will be a soft. boy. You're a soft boy at heart. I will be a soft boy. I'm here with some soft boys. I got medium Django boy. Phillips. Django, medium boy. And I have... That was pretty medium, honestly. If you were trying to prove to me that you could be a hard boy, you didn't. I don't want to be a hard boy. I want to be a medium boy. Medium boy. And I'm here with Strawberry Shortcake. I don't know if I should have had an intro song. <laughs> <laughs> you put me on the spot. You, you, I, could do, you could do whatever you want. If you do, want to come up with like a catchphrase... Do Shortcake, but in exactly the same Come cadence. up with a catchphrase. Shortcake. 
do just do exactly the same thing. Django. <laughs> uh, you could not do that either. I don't you know? know. You could do whatever you I... want. You could also just be you. Um, so, for some reason, since we started this show, he's uh, sung his name every time after saying yeah. his name. Uh, That's okay. just what he does. I think I think it was from the film. No one I else does that. No. No um, one else does. What about? That. Can we try some out? Give us a moan. Sure, King. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that kind of moan? Yeah, oh, I mean, fuck. you didn't have to say shortcake in it. I was just saying, <laughs> oh, I'm I was glad saying, he I did. Because you were Django. I think it's better so that he said shortcake. It's way better. Shortcake. That is now, that, That's no, way no. better. The other one, I, your first one, I'm going to save it as a sound bite and just, just make it. it a button. I'm in. That I press on your episode. It's on the soundboard. Oh. I'm going to regret that later. Don't. Shortcake. 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 <laughs> it's pretty good. It's perfect. It's pretty cool. Death, do you have a do you have a, a tagline? Tagline. Catchphrase? My t- uh, song. Thanks thanks for listening, fuckers. Uh, hashtag oh, okay. kill yourself. So you, I just want to reiterate, you say that at the beginning of every episode? No, I say it at the end. So when you're introducing people and you say, I'm Captain Death, you say, thanks, fuckers, for thanks, listening? Thanks, fuckos. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so every episode is three minutes long. On on the um, on the let's plays I've been recently going. See you next time. Yeah, but those are all sign offs. Yeah, they're sign offs. Yeah, I don't have you a, need thing. a you need a song. I don't have a zinger. Do 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 do. do. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're telling me to do a bunch of drugs and then have a really bad relationship with a hot woman in red lingerie. This guy was gold! Yes. <laughs> song's about doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Mistaken relationships therein. Hmm. Mm, we've all got... Hmm. 17? I do. I have 17 failed relationships. Um, <laughs> I wanted to start with talking about something else, but I'm too high to remember now. We were t- We wanted to talk about failed relationships. No. So let on, me start. Here uh, on I'll start. Here with some soft When I was boys. six, it's talking um, about some failed relationships. I met this girl, I'm soft and right now. I don't think I was in a good enough place. And I think uh, she wasn't real. I was an internet thing, <laughs> and so that was my first failed relationship. I think. Um, yeah, and just since then, it's been uh, you know. I remember the first girl I dated. It was kindergarten. Mm-hmm. She said I was her husband. And during recess, we'd play in our house. I'm pretty sure that she uh, stopped referring to me as her husband and instead started calling someone else her husband. Ooh. And I was divorced in kindergarten. The betrayal. Also, I said to you then, where's that prenup? And you were foolish and you didn't sign one. She got half your bricks, half your crayons. Ridiculous. You gotta look out for yourself, man. I didn't know you until I was in high school. Not true. Yeah, it is. I remember one time I was in <laughs> I was in preschool. Yeah, I was in preschool with uh, Strawberry Shortcake. Uh huh. And we were both like kind of experimenting and coming to terms with like Fuck like yeah, we were our identity and our sexuality and stuff. Um, it was a good two hours, but then then we just called it you know quits quitsies. Uh Yeah. I get it. I get it. We both had lives. Yeah, you see, I'll tell you the first dick I sucked. 
I was, uh, I was Tell six. Tell me what, am I supposed to cut you off? I was six. And <laughs> right there? He looked right me there. right in the eyes and repeated I was six. <laughs> I so was I'm gonna six. Let him go. And he was 26. Oh, and boy. Boy, howdy, did it look just like my dad's. It was big. It was untrimmed. And it's it's big for a six-year-old's mouth. I don't have, like, the my jaws... They're, we, they're no, softer, though. We see. have you nowhere have to now. build to. This is that's <laughs> sucking your dad's dick is the place we build to on every single episode. We have nowhere to go now. <laughs> like what, what? That's exactly what my kindergarten wife <laughs> said to me. Exactly. Before she divorced my ass. Oh man. You know what, you guys are soft boys. I'm a medium boy. Here well, with a couple a softies. <laughs> Here with a couple softies, uh, we're doing uh, another Games with Ghoulies episode because mm. I like these ones. They're fun. It's it's multi-dimensional because we're not so much just reading shit from the internet. We're also talking about shit from the That's internet. That's true. And um, it's important that we have this dialogue uh, specifically with uh, Strawberry Shortcake because we referred to him so many times in, I think, the first two episodes. Because some rituals need more than two people. Mm -hmm. Some some require them to do things completely by yourself. Um, we read a story, your last episode, we read a story about someone playing the Doors of Your Mind game. And that I consider that a Games with Ghoulie episode because they lay down the rules and then they throw you right into a fictional tale of how these little girls fuck with something uh, they don't understand, you know, uh, yep. in their dream dream door world. <clears throat> I like these episodes because um, I think they have consequences, sometimes real life consequences. Consequences. Um, what's the what's the one that I laughed at the most the last time we we did this? Um, you're supposed to, like, break a mirror in your house that you know has seen the most negative energy. And if you can avoid the negative energy for a full 24 hours, you will be gifted an extraordinary, extraordinarily lucky next 24 hours. We, we talked about this. Right. And yeah. the idea is that you literally have to run from your unluckiness. Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club. I said that. <laughs> We you actually this. did. Yeah, we you said yeah. Dallas Buyers Dallas Club. Dallas Club. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to talk Strange about. Strange vehicles make movie out of, but I but I think it was effective ultimately. Um, yeah. Did you guys see that that movie about AIDS? Um, it follows. I, I remember. Yes. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I remember. Anyone? No, I'm no, good, good. Thanks. I remember uh, what I wanted to talk about now. Ooh, you got your card for the. What is it? Satanic, Satanic Temple. That's right. Yes. Satanic Temple. Yeah. Django so I, Phillips is a member of, of the, the Satanic, Satanic Temple. Temple. Um, he's not practicing, but what made you want to get that card? Um, for moments like this. For 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 a moment like this, some people wait a lifetime. Right. For that one special kiss. Get him. Uh, no, no, not for free. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't know. They're, they're, uh, I always like, they're like, uh, political activism. They're like, oh, look at your Ten Commandments. Here's our crazy picture of a goat man. And then they're like, you, you want to suck this D? 
And people are like, actually, now that you think about it, no, I don't want to ask this D. Yeah, there's nothing gay about sucking dick. There's not. <laughs> Why does it all come back to sucking dick? Um, I think we're just, it's we're thing. heading for it. There have been too many times that people have joked about this being some sort of casting couch. <laughs> is it a joke? I came in assuming it was. This is why I've been very dick forward. If it's not, you'd be dick back. I can, I can pull back in the dicks. For the listener <coughs> right now, just to paint you a picture, there are six uh, hairy, very pale white legs um, that are taking up about 20% of the real estate of this room. Mine are the palest. They're all pale. Mine are red. You're red. Red. Yeah, what? Sure. True. Yep. I'm, I'm yep. just a red person. So it's there's a lot of skin in the room right now. And, uh, you know, lock the door. You guys, <laughs> they've never they've never been in the studio before. This is the first time Django's been in the studio. This is the first, ta- first time Strawberry Shortcake. It smells like lube in here. Mm-hmm. And it smells like lube in here. Um, I don't... I, I didn't do that. Anyway, uh, back to back to Satan Temple. I had made a joke about wanting to become a MUFON investigator. Yeah. So in retaliation uh, so, to your uh, Satanic Temple, you want to be a MUFON dot org investigator. I don't actually. What is a MUFON? The MUFON. MUFON. I th- it's just UFO. Oh, UFO. Yeah. Mothers. UFO National. <laughs> national, right. Yep. And you understand I don't have that first part down. Yeah, I don't Can't I do don't it. think you even could become a member if you wanted Can't to. Can't do it. You need to but a, will a I child. talk to you about aliens for like eight hours? Sure. So you're if that's what you want. If, if that's what you want to talk about. You're an UFON, you're not you're just not a MUFON. Right. I get it. I get yeah. it. I'm vegetarian. I get it. The last couple episodes you know, he that doesn't you were edit, on, he doesn't edit any of the dead air. By that's the way. good. Dead air. <laughs> I hope there's just, a, the just a long slurp. All, all so the <laughs> stays in the episode. Good, good. <laughs> the listeners deserve it. <laughs> I really do because I think it's hilarious. I mean, now one you got to keep. I think, but everyone else, I keep most of them. Honestly, Jesus. We uh, on our last episode that just came out this Same. week. We accidentally read a Vor story. Oh no! I saw I saw that come up. Yeah, and um, it was like sexual Vor. Ooh, where she like blows the guy and then eats him. So okay, so let me ask you, let me ask you fellas a couple Vor questions because I've danced around this Please this don't. a little bit. I don't want to. In the Vor that I've seen, is there like chewing involved, or is there just like consumption? I've always imagined it's just swallow. I've just seen swallow stuff. But in this story, it was very oh, it was, explicitly chew. It was chewing. It was fucked up. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. My bo- people bore probably stories? are sick of me bringing it up in the last couple episodes, no, but it's so. but it's pretty funny to talk about. You're consumed before. I get it. My my I'm stories that I've read before. is like a woman finds like a pill and she gets like like twenty feet tall. Yeah. And then she like takes a man and she's like. And right. Then she just swallows him. Right. And then he's like inside of her her stomach, and he's like, "Let me out! This is like I'm Jonah and the whale." And he's like, "Bop bop bop bop." And then, I and then the reader comes at some point, but there there's no like there's no bar there's no like text box. It's like you should. Come I've now. even seen it continue in that 
Yeah. That kind of scientific vein. For where forever. The per- where the person literally starts to dissolve in the stomach acid. Yeah. And people, like, get off to it. Where are you supposed to come with that? I don't know. If I don't you, know, but if it you fills know, me with dread. Write me an email. Um, uh, LP at lpcaptaindeath at gmail.com. It's Cody Vore, C-O-D-Y, Vore, V-O-R-E, at hotmail.com. It's still on Hotmail. Just help me figure it out, man. I don't get it. Can I say something without you being absolutely offended? Um, no. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but... but, but no, I can't no, say no, it, then. No, but say Because you're going to get offended. Say it. I'm I can't not gonna say offend. it. I'm not gonna, Do it. I promise you I'm not going to get offended. I'm a medium boy. And we can not talk him down. Boy. We can talk him down. Not a little with soft I literally boy. can't say it now because it is offensive. <laughs> I am a medium boy. It's okay. We'll... Hold my hand. I'm a medium boy. I'm a medium boy. I can take it. Yo. Give 17 the, minutes. Give me the beans. I told, I told myself less than 20. Give me the beans. Spill those beans. I'm sorry, but I just don't trust that you that you have the ability to handle what I'm about to say positively. Well, hold on. You transfer in your energy into me, and I'll transfer it into him. Are you going to say we'll what I... become as yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Give, give him the criticism. Tell, tell him what I'm thinking right okay, now. Okay, yes. I'll translate it. I'll soften the blow, because I'm a soft boy. Are you going to say it out loud or are you just going to... Oh, no, I need you to read my mind. I yeah, can't. I oh, it was, fuck. It was going to be a telepathic I can't yeah. say it. Fuck, yeah. I thought it was going to be you. No, you say it to me and yeah, I say that, it to him. Because that's the only way I could... That would kind of defeat the purpose of this whole exercise. Yeah, but just don't listen the first time. I'm giving you the energy. That's what I thought would happen. I'm giving you the energy. doing a bit about... I'm giving you the energy. I'm going to plug my ear. You're giving me the energy. All right. Like now, sort of a... now that he's turned around with half a finger in his ear uh-huh. and the other ear completely open, yes. I'm going to go ahead and say exactly, maybe even at a larger volume, but what I was originally going to say to Django. But with a soft feel. Which is, of all the people I know, I wouldn't be surprised that he's he, he'd be into four. <laughs> I thought it was racist. <laughs> It wasn't racist. That wasn't racist. Can I come back? You That's... can come back. Oh, okay. What? So what was it? What was the thing you said? Oh, he said, so... <laughs> you heard it. I did, my finger was in my ear. It was just my, one finger? One of my fingers is in the one of my ears. further ear. ear. He said, of all... And, and Django, I, I want to say that in the, love, in the most lovingly way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are an enigma to me. You fucking dick! Yeah. I knew he was going to call me Enigma. You're such a vor fuck. What are you, <laughs> why are you so into this? I, you know, listen. He is definitely of course taking it's you. what I was thinking. I, yeah, yeah. I, that's fair. That's fair. And a I little think, bit more offensive about it. I think it. if you name a fetish, I would be <clears throat> most probable to be into it. I think just in general. Foot. Vor. Yeah, see, I skipped the foot thing. See, I didn't think you'd be a foot guy. I'm not a foot guy. Terry the Tickler, he's I'm not a, foot a foot guy. guy. Is he really? He actually is. Ooh. I'm foot neutral. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, but it says something about him as a person. But I do, but I do... I don't um, disrespect it. I do take... I disrespect Vore. <laughs> I think Vore is I think I think Vore is weird. I, I, don't get, I don't get the Vore. Very creeped out by it. Can you, if you're listening out there and you're into Vore, like, if it's the thing that, like, gets your rocks off, or, like... Um, the reactions I got from some of our listeners yeah. today were very negative. 
So okay, so not gonna, no one not listening to this is probably into but it. But there is one person. There is one person listening to this right now who is like, oh, I actually, don't know. Our, our scope, our scope is a little bit more limited Sorry. than what you, Jingle. than what you think. I don't know. I don't know. We don't have a huge fan base, but we have a fan base. It's tough to say. Like, is it? What's the statistic? Is it one in every hundred of people is in divorce? What? No, sell less, me the statistic. Less than that. Less than that. Well, that's why I'm saying if it's less than that, right. then it's less likely that we have right. someone listening. I agree. Um, I think one in every 500 people is in divorce. Fuck, we probably do have someone listening. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We have We might one have as listener. many as five people listening. Dude. That are just beaten off every time I talk Can you about it. Send me an email. Cody Vore. LPCaptainDeath at gmail.com. C-O-D-Y Vore. Make it happen. At Hotmail. We've, we've read, uh, we've read uh, you know, fan-submitted material before. A fucking author submitted something for me to read before. It was fucking awesome. Was it Vore? No. No. Are these Vore? Are we going to read Vore? Nope. I don't want to read them. It's... <laughs> I already said that we're doing a Ghoulies, Games with Ghoulies episode right now. Fine. Games with Ghoulies Vore edition. I want you to know that I'm here. <laughs> Vore with I'm Ghoulies. here, but I'm not invested. I'll sit here and I'll do your little game, but I'm not into it because no one's getting chewed. What if I just, you know, like every once in a while you get a little nibble? Yeah, that would Is that, that enough do. to just keep you perked up? That would do it. I yeah, hope we can so. do this. I hope so. I just sharpened. Ready to go. Terrifying. Yeah. Games with Ghoulies. We, you know what uh, I am into? What? Just, like, yeah. My fetish? Um, yeah, get into it. It's about, um, like, stories that are titled, like, The Blank of Something. Oh, we're not reading that. You know what? Oh. <laughs> That's just page one of this document. Throw this bit out! <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut to that. Throw it out! <laughs> so, uh, Games with Ghoulies... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hop around some some shit and we're gonna talk about it. You've you've heard this episode before, people. I don't have to explain it. Let's just get into some shit. Jump in. Um, let's let's do a a quick one. Swimming the coins like Scrooge McDuck. You wanna do a high stakes? Death is gonna cut this out during editing. My social security number is one seven zero. Because you know I wouldn't. <laughs> Don't fucking tempt me. I'll let that shit slide. My real name. Put your fucking debit card on here. Because <laughs> I'll use it. My mother's maiden name is Crush, and my favorite book is The Secret Life of Bees. I read that. Are, we are those read both that. real facts? Yeah, we did read that. Yeah. That's right. You I think, made me uh, read that. I, think, I was I did your whole book report. I think my girlfriend is the only one who voted on that book report. Did she vote? I think she did. And she voted for the better essay. Mine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Here's <laughs> right. it was the superior essay. I was like, I how, spent twenty four hours. How did you write something better than I did when I had <laughs> You've been a week taking a class on I it? I had a week and I've been in a class <laughs> for a semester and you had 24 hours, not even. And I was like, are you going to give me this Oprah's bestseller book? <laughs> like, this is... <laughs> like, that couldn't be more of an Oprah book. <laughs> it was such an Oprah book. It's so easy to write about. I Just write so... about, like, how the women are empowered. Our professor was like... I really like her professor for that class. 
But she emailed everybody. She was like, I saved the best book for last. And I was like, no, you didn't. We read that was the last book? That was the last book? Bees? That's what she capped the course on. Oh, we such, read so much better stuff. The Secret that. Life Cheesy. of Bees? Oh my yeah. god, terrible. So, little white girl with an abusive single dad escapes and runs away with her, what was it, like their housemaid servant, yeah. whatever, who was black, ran away with the servant. Ran away like 15 minutes down the road. Yeah. Like, literally. Like, to the next town over. Yeah. To a bee farm with uh, just like this, these three black sisters. And it's, it's horrible. And just they learn, discover their feminine power. And what what were some of the other buzzwords they this used? This is a real hot take. It was so I it sold was so it. shit. I want to set I this sold up. It so I want to set well, this up though. by saying we read Temple of My Familiar, which is a fantastic novel about yeah. a woman who thinks that she has ancestor recall, and she has like black ancestor recall, and it's a very much like a like a. I was moved at the end. We read the Red Tent, which is a retelling of the story of Dinah from the Bible, where a mm-hmm. whole bunch of people get slaughtered, and she nice. has to come to terms with her jackass dad and who he is and what Christianity means and all that shit. Awesome book. Then we read this shit about bees. Shit sucked, bro. It was about bees. <laughs> it was about this little white girl and bees. Oh. What a waste of time. But this is the dialogue. This is why I've missed you as a person to tell me that the secret life of bees fucking sucks. Fucking ass. But Don't so it's why you're here. I'm just trying to ask you to hang out and you're like, no, I have to write this book report on the secret life of I bees. Did. And I was like, let me write it for you, and, and then we can hang out. And he's like, all right, write a whole book report on a book you've never read in the next 24 hours. And, he did, and, and I better. did. I wrote like a 500-page report or something. 500 pages is a lot. It, no, 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 not page word. What was, <laughs> what was the word count? It was 8 to 800 to 1300 or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. It, was like a, it was like two pages. It was like, a, yeah. it was like two pages <laughs> on a book that I had to read in one night. How many pages was the book? It was, I don't know. They're like, all like 300 page books. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would do it, but I don't know if I'd like it. I did, it was not a good book. <laughs> You're in I, agreement. But I wrote, yeah, Total it was shit. terrible. And I was like, why did you make me do this? Total and shit. then I you wrote know, his whole book report. Out? And I was like, at no. least. Did you even no, hang out? No. And he won't even submit it to his teacher. Well, obviously, <laughs> I would no. I would want to get it. I want to yeah, your just grade is. put it in as an as anonymous. <laughs> Submit answer. two yeah. files to your I don't class. even go to the same school anymore. <laughs> this is, that's the perfect reason. Your senior year even is the better. best time she'll to be do like, that. She'll be like, who the hell? Whatever, I'll read it. And then she'll be like, oh, A+. Wow. Plus. And then, A wow, plus. yeah. I just wanted to get an objective score on how much better mine was. Whatever. Than yours. I got an A in a class. It doesn't matter. I would have got an A+. Plus. They don't do that. They would for me. I'm going to let Strawberry Shortcake... Read the first story. It's it's just this quick one. Um, this one's called the Martha Game, and I'd make a Batman versus Superman joke, but I don't feel like it. Anyway, Martha Game. Kind of did. Here in El Salvador. Obviously. There El Salvador. <laughs> I didn't want to have to keep up an accent I'm for sorry. the entire thing. <laughs> so I didn't even to, dive in there. Want me to I saw it coming. I'm no, glad you didn't. No, you could just be a guy who's there who's like, yeah. I'm here talking about it. I'm a yeah. journalist who happens to be in El Salvador, but I'm from eastern Pennsylvania. There are many rituals and ghost stories which have been passed down from generations. The one and going to write about a 
<laughs> the one I'm going to write about now is, you could say a ritual, a game like the Ouija board, in which you talk to the spirit world. I was told about this by my Photoshop instructor and I had to try it. It may not scare you, but I will relate the truth, <laughs> unlike other people who write stories based on plots of older, not well-known horror movies. <laughs> this game was famous during- Game? The, this game in quotes. <laughs> was famous. Is that the name of the game? Game? It is game. Game. I lost. Uh, Michael Douglas. Oh, good one. David Fincher? Heat. I think so. What? <laughs> like a man. <laughs> I'm too high for this. This game was famous during the 1999 to 2001 time period. Remember Y2K? It was even featured on the news with it's pictures and videos of kids convulsing on the floor like it was a Dr. House episode. Is that just that, House? I don't think that existed at the time. Dr. House. Dr. House. The person who wrote this wasn't very <laughs> smart. The reason kids were the most affected was because they played it in schools so she would give them the answers to the tests. Also, almost... <laughs> she would. She. She, she with there a capital S. There is a she S. with the capital S pronoun. It's she. It's her name. Also... Almost anybody can play it, for all you need is three pens if playing alone, or six with a friend. So what you do is simple. Simple. You put the pens in your hand, making a triangle with them. Once How? This... Which way? Equilateral. Yeah. Like that? Like just kind of laying them on top? If you want to, If you want to connect the ends, it has to be equilateral. Because they're all... Well, they're you're all, assuming they're, they're identical pens. pens yeah. you're, are you assuming they're equal pens? I'm assuming but isn't there a pens. way that you could do that, like, in all of your fingers and still have a triangle? I mean, if you use two hands, you could do, like, the... All that I know is there's Spanish coming up, so I hope you're... I, I have been looking at the Spanish coming up for about Django three sentences, and okay. I'm so on it if you fuck this so up So Django can do it, then. No, you, no. you give it a step. No, 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 no. Give it a step. He's got it. Six pens with a friend, so what you do is simple. You, you make a triangle with them. Yeah. You put the pens in your hand, making a triangle with them. Once this is done, you have to say, Martita, ¿quieres jugar conmigo? Or, Martha, want to play with me? How was that? B+. plus. You B plus. say this hmm. tres times. Oh. 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 <laughs> that puts it over. Oh. <laughs> say it tres times. If she feels like playing, then the pens will move. Perfect. If the pens don't move... Maybe try later. Maybe touch yourself. So once the game is started, she can answer any questions you have. However, they have to be yes or no questions. Let's say the pens are closed, forming the triangle. If the answer is yes, then they will stay that way. But if it's no, the then the pens will open the triangle and vice versa. I played it, and it worked! But I stopped doing all this dark stuff after I felt that I was being followed and watched. AIDS. Yes. It's the same, it's Dallas Buyers Club. Too dark. <laughs> but many kids in school in tests who are desperate for an answer will play. I told everyone about it, and little Martha started messing with them closing... Martha started messing with them, closing doors and other scary shit. She started messing with them doors. Messing with them closing <laughs> doors. Like we're in El Salvador still, right? <laughs> yes. See. He's messing with them doors. Honestly, I don't. 
I don't if it will work in English. <laughs> Obviously, it don't. Obviously, I don't if it will work in English. But you might as well try it. Smiley, Smiley face. face emoji. I love how 90% of that <laughs> this is, is just, a good start. <laughs> it's just a ghost that will help you cheat. And yeah. then at the very end, she's like, oh, and Martha will close doors <laughs> and other scary shit. Yeah, basically, it's a cheating shit. ghost. Yeah, but like, if you don't, there's other scary shit. That's your, that, we were, we were talking about consequences. Consequences. Yeah. Um, would you play the Martha game? Drago? With pens in my hand? Yeah. So, listen. What would you ask Martha? I have... I have, From the other side. I have done a Luigi board, and um, it was a terrible experience because two of us understood the concept of a Luigi board, and the other four people didn't, and we're, and we're, we're, not, we're not understanding the point of doing a Luigi board. So, I... If it was just myself, no, I wouldn't play the Martha game. You need the audience, you need the I, extra I factor. need the other people uh. to be part of it. Strawberry Shortcake, is there anything you'd ask someone on the other side? I don't know. I get like a guaranteed yes or no. Yeah. Martha. I... <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> It's the tallest, the largest pen is. I've ever seen. Oh my I god! She only manipulates pens. <laughs> no, them oh, closing doors. Oh, didn't listen to her. Now, now oh, closing them doors and closing them doors. <laughs> them doors. Martha closes doors. Uh, I'm gonna read the next one, um, just because I I realized I didn't post the story. I just posted a link, so it's over here, not over there. Uh, this one is Japanese. And it is, I don't know why I'm Christopher Walken now. Kurokami-sama. 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 What is Kurokami-sama? It is the name of both a ritual and a god. Uh, the ritual can be done if you've received unfair treatment such as bullying or power harassment from others. It's a retaliatory power harassment. It's like being called soft when you're not. True. I know what you have to do is pull out a strand of your hair and holding it in your hand, intone this, the name of the person that you <laughs> want to get revenge on and what deeds this person has done to you and say, may my wrongs be avenged. Go up to a high place like the top of a building and say, Kurokami-sama, please avenge my wrongs and let the strand of hair fly into the wind. Make sure you tell no one about your ritual or what you said. But there was once a girl named Kay, for short, who was being bullied at school and as soon as she performed the ritual, those who were bullying her met with misfortunes one by one. And some had their families broken up, some fell victim to incurable diseases, others suffered severe mental breakdowns, and it was the bullying that stopped. But one day, Kay came across another bullying done to another girl, and she taught her the Kurokami-sama ritual. And right after that, the fortunes of Kay's bullies gradually began to rise, and the status of Kay's fortune quickly declining. 
Kei eventually disappeared. And then it says, when is Kurokami-sama still active? Question mark. It is said that Kurokami-sama begins to be active around 2 after midnight, 2 a.m., to fulfill the wish of those who seek the god's help. And Kurokami-sama appears in the form of something that is covered completely in hair. Quote-unquote. If a quote-unquote good person happens to encounter Kurokami-sama, it will bring luck. But if it is a quote-unquote bad person, Kurokami-sama will bring misfortune. And there has been sporadic reports of sightings of Kurokami-sama in the Kanto region. I want everyone listening to know that Death is not reading a story. He was literally just on Wikipedia. Like, this is a real thing that is just in Japan. That was that was so real. I mean, it was a blog. That's a blog about how that's that happens. I'm sure someone somewhere probably told that to someone. I think one of the three of us in this room is Kurakami-sama. <laughs> he has a lot of hair. I was gonna say it's because I crave hair. <laughs> I can't get enough hair. <laughs> like step one in this, I can't summon. Kurakami-sama. I, I don't have the hair you for it. You have beard hair. I have, does that count? Yeah. You can just, your Kurakami-sama just has a pot belly. She <laughs> appears with like a pot belly. Hey. What, what up, man? What up, dude? Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got luck. You got luck for like three months or whatever. <laughs> Thank you, Kurakami-sama. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I would. Now that now that hair is less of like a entryway, right? You know, like I can I can enter any hair, right? You could also use your head hair. It's just it's just. But it's short. They said strand. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, not, I wouldn't call it strand. It's a creative interpretation, but it's still you know. I'll give it a shot. You just give it a shot. Shit, where'd it go? Little devil. My name is Tommy. Welcome to my website, Scareful Kids. Don't go. Django Phillips is going to read this uh, this next one. This is a short boy. Uh, this one's called Little Devil. This one's called Little Devil. Healing El Salvador. Little Devil is a scary game played by kids and teenagers in Russia. <laughs> El Diablo Pequeño. <laughs> It involves using a needle and thread to contact a demon from hell and ask it questions. Mm. In Russian, it is known as Chertik, which means little devil, i.e. a demon. Warning! You should probably not play this game, especially if you are a Christian. Contacting a demon is very dangerous, and if you are vulnerable, it could lead you to becoming possessed. To play the little devil game, you need a sheet of paper, a pen, a needle, and some thread. Step 1. Draw a perfect circle on a piece of paper. <laughs> then try again. <laughs> Keep going until you draw a perfect circle. You can't draw a perfect circle? On I actually <laughs> tested him a few weeks ago. Do you remember that? What, on a perfect circle? Yeah. I'm sure I failed. I had you drew do the worst now. circle. I draw can a pretty draw, good circle. Can you draw a good circle? Absolutely. Because we started drawing circles at work just because, like, oh, I bet I can draw a better circle than you because it's just, like, what you do at work. And then right. I was hanging out with later that week and I was yeah. like yo how good can you draw a circle so I just like whipped out my trusty pen and I 
and he just squiggled his way. It was this, a bad circle. It was like a potato. It was so it was bad. bad. It's pretty good. I do want to see your circles after this. His circles I got are some dog good circles. shit. Step one, draw a perfect circle on a piece of paper. Draw a dot in the exact middle of the circle. Around this dot, you should draw the figure of a little devil, complete with horns, cloven hooves, and a tail. The dot in the middle of the circle should be the devil's heart. A lot of drawing. A lot of drawing. Step two. You're already asking too much. Write da above the devil's head and niet below the devil's feet. <laughs> da. Write the letters of the alphabet from A to Z outside the circle around the circumference. Write the numbers from zero to nine inside the circle around the circumference. See picture below. There is a picture below. Yeah. I'm just so it's a Russian name with the English alphabet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Step three. Place the paper on a flat surface, like the floor, or a table, or the top of a refrigerator. <laughs> if you need examples of flat surfaces, you should not play this game. Light a candle and place it beside the paper. Step four, tie the thread to the needle. All the people present in the room should remove any religious icons, like crosses, etc., and all metal jewelry. Step five, join hands and say out loud, Forces, forces of, of darkness, darkness I, I urge you, you to help. help. But say it in Russian. Step six. Forces of oh, darkness. I, I urge I you to help. You to <laughs> Both became Dracula. <laughs> Step six. Heat the tip of the needle in the candle's flame. Then hold the end of the thread and dangle the needle over the sheet of paper. The tip of the needle is touching the devil's heart. Step seven. Say out loud. Chertik, chertik, come. Chertik, chertik, come. Wait for a few moments, then ask... Chertik, Chertik, are you here? If the needle points to Da, you may now ask the little devil questions. When you ask a question, you should say Chertik, Chertik, and ask the question. <laughs> if you like, you could say it in English instead. Little, little devil, little, little devil, and ask the question. <laughs> to end the game, Join the hands and say, Chertik, Chertik, go, go away. away. <laughs> and burn the thread in the candle's flame. And take a shot of vodka. Keep in mind, you are communicating with one of the devil's minions. He is evil, and he may try to deceive you, mock you, trick you, make false promises, make false predictions, manipulate you, and make you do things, etc. So be very skeptical of anything Chertik tells you. Note, I suspect this may actually be the origin of the Charlie Charlie pencil game. When you are calling Charlie Charlie, it may actually be the demon Chertik Chertik you are calling. You must be logged in to post comments. Right. We did We did the Charlie Charlie on Games with Ghoulies, I think, part two. And it's where you... You stack one pencil on another pencil. In an equilateral triangle. And then uh -huh. you use two pencils you to ask make an a question, and then when it dips on either side, that's the, uh, that's the answer. I like Chertik. <laughs> I would drink a, a vodka and, and talk to Chertik. Chertik, uh, he's, he's got some good stuff going he's for him. He's a cool guy. You know? I feel like if I were to hang out with anyone, I'd hope it, it their name would be Little Devil. Or Chertik. If I met a guy whose name was Chertik, Chertik, yeah, I'd be sure. like, yeah, part of my sure. friend group. Um, we're gonna read a little. We're gonna we're gonna increase the the story in length. Oh, no. 
I can just say these these seem to all that sort was, of have pens, you know. That was just those were just That's the quick boy guy. stories. Those were quick That's boy stories. Involved pens. This is mm-hmm. very pen heavy. There's a little bit of a pen theme going on. A little pen motif that we're exploring. There's a lot of giants okay. in this. Jason, so what's your story? favorite pen? What's my favorite pen? Uh, it's a Pilot G two. You know this. Ugh. It's a point seven. It pilot smears. Point seven. Point seven. You bold bastard. Thick as shit. So smeary. So thick. It uses about a quart of ink every second. Yeah. I love it. Gel. I love it so much. Gel smeary mm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Love it. See, I'm also a pilot, but I'm a pilot acrobol. It's not gel. It's a hybrid ink. It's it's like halfway between a gel and a rollerball. They, uh... It's, it's such a smooth... It, it writes smooth like a gel pen, but it doesn't smear like a gel pen, you know? Because oh, it's not as wet. I like that. Yeah. It's such a good pen. Anywho... Let's uh, continue. I shall find these bins. The uh, the story that I'm gonna have Strawberry Shortcake read is uh, this this short one called "In the Eye of the Giant." It's from Reddit No Sleep. Okay, so I was just trying to tackle that name. But Michaela now I see that it's yes, it's Michaela, Michaela does, does rituals. Michaela does rituals. Michaela do ace rituals. Michaela do us rituals. But uh, first, a shout to Michaela do us rituals for bringing <laughs> to attention the fact that people who have no idea what they're doing often attempt rituals without any preparation beyond the recipe provided by whatever dubious element devised or disseminated, whole or not, the steps to make a foray into the world beyond our own. Hence these episodes. <laughs> this Hence, person is talking about us. The yeah. These ritual noobs. Right. It's a pressing issue that needs to be addressed by someone that's not us, with a little more practical experience than someone like us who has called a spectral taxi and gotten the willies spooked out of them by an exasperated entity who is likely quite tired of having ignorant kids from our side treading in its space. Like Martha. Like Martha. Like, fuck you. Martha's Vineyard. People keep calling on me. <laughs> Just trying to rest in peace. Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls. <laughs> I think I have at least some of these qualifications. Let me lead off by being as blunt and straightforward as a blackjack to the head. It's a club. Okay. Sure. If you participate, I mean, I believe you, but it also I, I don't. But, is, but isn't a club a club? A club yeah. is a club, but like, um, the type it's, of it's club? especially like a small club um, that like I know thieves use. Like, if you play like the old thief games. If you play like Skyrim? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think they have clubs in that game, but they're just called clubs. I think in like Thief Dark Project, it was called a blackjack. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I, d- I did play Thief. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Blackjack. Blackjack. Let me lead off by being <laughs> blunt and straightforward as a blackjack to the head. <laughs> if you participate any of these rituals, with about one reasonable exception I can think of off the top of my head, you're a damn fool and absolutely deserve all the terrible things that might happen to you if you dick up the ritual, or even worse, if you actually <laughs> succeed in what the ritual was likely created for in the first place. Here, here. A personal favorite example is the Midnight Man ritual, yep. which is essentially a checklist of things you should not do if you want to actually interact with the other side in any safe or reasonable manner. I mean, for the love of God, you write your name in blood and tape it to the door of your house, which is the supernatural equivalent 
of taking all of your credit cards and tucking them into an envelope with $500 cash with a photocopy of your social security card and mailing them directly to your good friend, the Crown Prince of Nigeria. Person's very extra. Yeah. Very extra. There's there's a lot of force. Rambling sentence. These, These bitch-ass <laughs> ritual <laughs> noobs. See? Every single paragraph is a sentence. It's just every paragraph. Jesus Christ, it's a you're one right. No, it's a one it's no dumb. sentence. You're right. I got the lungs for it, though. You just gotta keep <laughs> pushing through. See? While well, it definitely rankles my ankles. <laughs> That's just going to be the entire story. Yep. It really rankles my ankles that people still are doing rituals that are completely out of their depth. I'm sick and tired of kids doing a couple of these sketchy-ass rituals, getting spooked by an entity that is likely just shooing you away, or perhaps even concerned for your well-being, and then whining about how scary the other side is, and how they, they're never going back, and how no one should ever mess with the supernatural again, etc., etc. So here's the deal. I'm a pretty generous dude, so I'm going to help you get started from the comfort of your own home without any of the risks associated with haunted hide-and-seek and getting out of your own bathtub blindfolded. Keep in mind that what we'll be going over is some kitty shit in the grand scheme of things, but it has nothing, but it has some strong fundamentals that are absolutely vital to anyone who wants to interact with the other side. Without any further ado, in the eye of the giant. In the eye of the giant. Preparation. Though in the eye of the giant will not put you into any sort of direct contact with the other side, or as I will refer to it from now on, the strange. The strange. <laughs> it will serve as a good primer for a lot of the concepts that are ever present there. It's a good idea to get in the habit of a lot of these things before you step out of your metaphorical house into the also metaphorical world outside it. One, be sober. No, I already fell. Uh -oh. Nope. Already gone. Not into it. The inhibition of the body and mind can be relaxing and pleasant. In many situations, <laughs> not appeared, but they capitalized in and that threw me off. The inhibition of the body and mind can be relaxing and pleasant in many situations, but as anyone who has ever tried to play that one Slenderman game drunk can tell you, absolutely fucking horrifying while in a stressful situation. 24 hours sober is often long enough to be in a calm and steady state of mind, and if it's not, you have a lot of problems you really ought to address before you go diving into the strange. No, no. I mean, I I can't dive into any strange sober, if I'm being honest. We're diving right into that strange. So, alright. Rule one, out the door. Rule two, perform a basic purification of your body before you start. Like pizza. <laughs> pizza? <laughs> You don't need anything extreme, but take a shower, wash your hair, brush your teeth, and maybe take a dookie and shave if the mood strikes you. Nope. Maybe fuck your wife. Maybe fuck your daughter. <laughs> maybe do whatever you need to do to but clean you leave you that dog, dog alone. No! Yes. You leave the dog alone. Depending on whether or not the dog consents, you gotta have the dog stamp that form. Not only will being clean allow you to <laughs> allow you to relax more easily, but purifying yourself will make it a fair bit easier to enter the right state to interact with the kind of existence you'll find yourself in over there. These are both things that can contribute to the su success of this ritual. Three, be tired but not exhausted when you undertake this ritual. <laughs> 
The vast majority of your experiences will take place at the horizon of your own consciousness, and if you go out like a light during the initial steps, you won't get anywhere fast. REM cycles are your friend, and you get those when you are sleeping lightly. Number four. Make sure you have at least 12 hours set aside. While it's rare for this whole thing to take too much longer than a regular night's sleep, you'll most likely find yourself out for 10 hours or more. Since you never leave the confines of your own mind, there's no hurry, and it's very important to take the time to do this right if you're going to do it. I'm, I'm kind of hooked. This reminds me of uh, Three Kings a little bit. There was a lot of, like, be careful how you do this. You know, a lot of prep. This reminds me of Kings, too. Like four floor, seven heaven. All prep. Yeah. yeah. And then Yeah. And then And then it's just throwing cards across the room. Eight, make it eight. Mm-hmm. Take a shit. Take a shower. A lot of rules, a lot of prep, a lot of shit, a lot of shower. Assuming that the prep work has been done, beginning this foray into your own consciousness starts with laying down as if you're going to sleep. Instead of thinking about Emma Watson or Chris Hemsworth it's tough. or insert current reference here. Or how utterly rad a speedboat made of marshmallows might be. Or I how think you had that dream before. Or how... Oh my god. Totally tubular that <laughs> jet ski might be. You need to mentally envision yourself descending down a long, spiraling staircase. That's my butt. <laughs> it's something. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I thought we th- that was Martha before. That was what we were gonna blame no, it on. That wasn't the door? Not that Martha. That was my butt. <laughs> My butt is possessed. We all make butt sounds sometimes. Speedboat made of marshmallows. I make butt sounds all the time. You need to mentally envision yourself descending down a long spiraling staircase. Yes. That is. There were stairs. SCP. The other time I was here, right? There's a bunch of stairs stairs in in the woods. woods. Oh, yeah. You had stairs in the woods. I had stairs in the woods. But they weren't spiral, they were just stairs in the woods. You wouldn't put a spiral staircase in the woods. Unless you wrap it around the trunk. Excessive. You could wrap excessive. it around a trunk. What are you trying to do? It might be a delightful tree house. Trying to enter the eyes of the giant? Yeah, come on. Ewok. Come on. Ewoks had spiral staircases. They did. The staircase is your own, but it's going to be a long way to the bottom, and you'll hopefully be walking down a bunch more times, so you should get used to it. No matter how long it seems to take, you will eventually reach the bottom. There will be a room with four doors. The doors have varying colors, and the doors will change from time to time. Each door leads to a room with a giant inside. Great. Each room is different as each giant inside the room. Uh, is this where the vor comes back in? The giants. These hungry, hungry giants. We're about to get there. The most important thing you have to remember when you're in the eye of the giant is this. They cannot hurt you. Okay, never mind. They cannot force you to do anything. I they can, can only come, though, swallow right? you whole. I can come. Like, you can, I can come, come at any point during this ritual. This is that's great. I'm I'm back. I'm in it. You are always in control, even if you do not feel like you are. Right. Each of these giants is a fractal of yourself. Oh. They are things you have manifested, forms you have created for concepts and things which can never truly have a form of their own. This sort of nebulous existence makes up a great deal of the strange, and the faster you adopt to that, the better off you'll be. Since everyone has a different perception of the colors the giants take, the meanings associated with each color, I won't refer to the giants by my colors, but rather what general archetypes they fill. First, 
there's the gentle giant. This giant is the foundation of your humanity. It is every steady thing, every constant in your life. It is a mountain, an endless forest, an ocean floor. This giant speaks as you would if you were talking about your, if you were talking to your own child. It is kind to a fault and can see no evil in the world and those who live in it. The gentle giant is a valuable resource in your dealing with other people because it is blind to the faults of those you love and admire and dangerous for the same reasons. Second, there's the swirling giant. This giant is the ever-changing whims of your humanity. He just keeps doing whippets in the parking lot of your mind. Yeah. Me and that guy are pretty tight. <laughs> it is everything the gentle giant is not. Passionate, short-tempered, rash, intuitive, sharp, and bold. This giant speaks as you would to your closest friend or worst enemy. It is short-sighted, argumentative, but can see and recognize the smallest details you might have missed and come to brilliant conclusions you might never have arrived at yourself. The Swirling Giant is a dangerous comrade, comrade, because the advice it gives is often both right and wrong, and the values it provides is always subjective. <laughs> then, there's the Gaunt Giant. The Gaunt Giant is your most flawless reason laid bare. It is a being of cold and infallible logic, and this giant speaks as you would to a complete stranger. It is utterly devoid of sympathy. See, I, I was the last one. Jango's pointing at himself. I'm a gone giant. One. I'm gone. I'm the last one who just sells, who says get fucked to like their friends and to their enemies. <laughs> it is a being of cold and infallible logic, and this giant speaks as you would to a complete stranger. It is utterly devoid of sympathy. It will give no quarter with his ruthless insight, but sometimes the most painful truths pave a road you would have never walked otherwise. The Gaunt Giant is a terrifying ally because many valuable things are belittled under the light of pure logic and sometimes the correct answer is not the right one. I totally don't agree that that's you. It's 100% me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm nice. Sorry. Let me just... <laughs> Yo, fucking slam it, bro. <laughs> Slurp it out of my mustache. Just hit that shit, dude. <clears throat> fucking nail it. <sighs> Fourth, there is the Shaded Giant. The Shaded Giant is everything you like about yourself, your most personal desires and the things you want the most, and speaks as you would to yourself when there's no one else around. It is entirely unaware of the existence outside itself, but there are times when you are your own best friend and truly, no one can know you better than you know yourself. The Shaded Giant is a dubious companion because if one ignores the wants and needs in others, their own wants and need will soon be ignored in kind. The entire object of this primer is to familiarize yourself with the environments you will likely encounter in the strange, and to better understand yourself. The giants are all a part of you, like it or not, and learning to utilize them will prepare you for what lies further ahead. While the inside of your head is likely a complicated place, it's a far cry from the things you will experience if you enter the strange properly. You should get to know each of your primary giants. Interacting with them will not only help you with your personal life, it will train you to better resist outside influence, the mental equivalent of spackling the drafty spots near the windows of your mind. One of the most frequent com consequences of these rituals is having something hang on, which can usually be avoided by shoring yourself up before you take a plunge into the beyond.
ending the ritual is just as simple as choosing to leave a giant's room and ascend back up the staircase. A good night will afford you a conversation with two or three of your giants, and by the time you wake up, the encounters will likely be a little foggy and imprecise. That's... <laughs> That's Martha. <laughs> Martha agrees. That's fine. You won't have actually forgotten anything. What you've gleaned has just slipped to the back of your consciousness. Your ability to recall more precisely will come with time, and when you remember everything that's happened the night before, you'll be ready to take the next step. I honestly hope I've dissuaded some of you from jumping headfirst into the hot mess that is the supernatural. As for the rest of you, use your common sense and try to stay out of too much trouble. Good luck. I don't necessarily see a downside to this one, which is a little weird for all the prep that goes into it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what's the consequence that, like, your giant is an asshole? And then you kind of, like, have to mentally be like, man, I'm an Maybe asshole. Maybe I'm an asshole, yeah. yeah. Like, is that the worst? Is that the worst thing that can happen? My question is, fuck, Mary, kill the gentle yeah. giant. Yeah, fuck, Mary, kill. The swirling giant and the gaunt giant. For real? Fuck that swirling giant. Yeah, oh that's, true, that's, that's true, that's true, that's, that's true. That's the one you want to fuck. That's true. It's too unreliable to marry and too sexy to kill. Yeah. <laughs> true. But no, that gentle true. giant has I agree. got to go. But then if you marry kill, the sensible one kill for the her giant, money. Then you become like an asshole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't care because my gentle giant is dead. No, fuck. <laughs> fuck that swirling giant. And you marry money. And you know where the money's at. The I, Zuckerberg. I guess, I you know? Guess, get that Zuckerberg. Let's do... Zuckerberg's um, a gaunt giant. Alright, so this one is from Creepypasta. This one's gonna be read by... Uh, Django Phillips, actually. Um, sorry. I'm going out of order. Um, oh, I wanted you to... improved. Tenfold. I wanted you to do this one. Um, this one's from Creepypasta. It's called Listen to the Clock. And I know that when we were doing, like, Doors of the Mind, clocks are, like, reality-breaking. Mm -hmm. As far as um, what you said, uh, lucid dreaming. They take out, yeah. So it'll be interesting if this has something to do with that. But anyway, creepypasta's usually hokey as shit, so let's jump into it. If you want to lose your grasp on reality and destroy your complete sanity, just listen to the clock. But this will not be easy, let me tell you right now. This is not something to mess around with. It's just an easy way to lose your mind within the confines of your own home. But there are a couple of guidelines to follow. First, pick a room with no windows. Yo, we there. It can Done. be a room for anything, Done. but it just can't have windows. Right. Second, you can start at any time in the day. Even if you wish to start at night, for the process will take exactly 24 hours All right, to we'll have to rain check that next Well, point. it is also any Can't time of the day right Let's now. Let's start it right 24 now. 24 hours, okay. Calling off of work. Third, cancel all appointments you have for that day. Turn off your phone if you have to, for there can't be any distractions for you to focus on. Fourth, make sure it is a calm and quiet day outside, and not winding or storming outside. I thought it was going to pull a switcheroo and be like, not windy or storming. and stormy? Inside. And I was like, well, that's... Uh -huh. Then you're fucked. <laughs> Lastly, to start the process, you must go into the room you picked. Put a clock inside. The clock must make the distinct tick-tock sound when every second passes. Turn off the lights and light a candle. That candle will be your only source of light. Also, 
I didn't mention, but you should take a shit before this. <laughs> take a shit. Because it'll last 24 it's, hours. That's like the imaginary rule one for It's rule zero game. for every ritual. Take a good shit. Take a good shit first. Once you have done all of that, I honestly want you to ask yourself one question. Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to do this? If your answer is yes, then may yeah. God have mercy on you. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to merely prepare you all to expect. All right, let me tell you a little bit of information about the procedure. Back in the mid-1800s, radical members of the Christian, Muslim, and Islamic faiths so Muslim and Islamic faiths <laughs> used it as a way to connect <laughs> with God. It was kept under wraps due to its extreme nature and unusual method to connect with the supernatural. During the procedure, they would have been in constant prayer and worship, but would eventually stop due to the events that would happen afterwards. The clock represented life on earth and how short it can be, and the candle represented God as the only way of guidance through life. More often than not, each person that would go through the procedure would lose their minds and within a day, and due to their insane actions, would kill themselves from what they have claimed to have seen. Sounds good. But if you were one of the lucky ones, you can keep your sanity like me. <laughs> okay, now here is what to expect. The first three hours are the least eventful, mainly because nothing really happens, but prepare yourself in these hours. These are the only hours in which you may choose to leave the procedure. In the fourth hour, you will not be able to escape by any means. The lock on your door will lock by itself, and you will have no methods to move it. In the fifth hour, you will start to sweat profusely, and will start to have feelings of anxiety. You will start to look behind you many times, and every time, there will be nothing there. Nah, that's just the sativa. Sometimes, like, sometimes I get, like, real anxious from, like, a really high percentage sativa. I'm, I'm more of an indica guy. In the sixth hour, you will hear noises. <laughs> Not noises from the house, or from outside. Or your brother walking your around bomb. upstairs. But thuds and thumps throughout the hour in ten minute intervals, with each noise getting louder. It's just my neighbor murdering his wife. <laughs> murdering his wife. <laughs> in the seventh hour, you will pass out and dream. That sounds good. But this will be the only pleasant hour throughout the process. Oh, that's less good. You will dream about the best moments in your life. Oh. Every great accomplishment, wonderful memory, and friends you have made will appear before you. I, you hope, will you're I hope you're there for me, Django. I really do. <laughs> It will have been the best dream you have ever had in your life. Even events from the future can appear. Django, Django's gonna appear to me and he's gonna be like, You're such a valuable friend to me, and I have such good times with you, and I hope we always stay in touch. And, and, and then. <laughs> and, and for a moment, you will convince yourself that this story will not go through each hour in 24 hours. But, at the beginning of the eighth hour, you shall wake up. But when you do, you will feel an extreme sense of elation and comfort, similar to the effects of smoking marijuana. Done. What's that like? <laughs> now I want to do it. <laughs> You're <laughs> telling me this is a way to get high without weed? For like, free? For free? And all it will take is five hours? No, it takes 24 eight. hours. No, this takes eight hours. Yeah, to get to the eighth hour, that's all we need. Eight, eight hours high hour. You can't leave after that. After hour four, You're right, yeah, this we're is trapped. easier. I'm going to do this instead. But it's free. Now, for I don't bargain when I see one. This could be considered another pleasant hour due to the feeling of the drug. But what comes after will be the start of your suffering. Oh, because shit. the hours continue. It's the come down. Nah. In the ninth hour, you will, in a sense, go from one drug to another. 
Your feelings of happiness will change to that of extreme adrenaline and energy. Ah, cocaine. Similar to the effects of any stimulant drug. Coke. <laughs> but a warning, you must try your hardest to keep yourself under control. Impossible. You're unpredictable. Soft boy. There is no telling what you will boy. do in this state. In the tenth hour, nothing really happens. More coke, usually. In the eleventh hour... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a softening. In the tenth hour, you hopefully have had minimal injuries from the last hour. But now you'll start to feel normal, and your feelings you previously felt will subside. Now you will hear screaming. Great. But the screaming can vary from what it sounds like from a little girl to a full-grown-ass man. You will hear screaming at six-minute intervals throughout the hour. This hour, it's going to be pretty boring. At the eleventh hour, the light from the candle will go out. That's it. You are left alone in the darkness. You are free to think you to yourself, most likely regretting the decision you have made. Probably. At the 12th hour, the light from the candle will reappear. But do not worry. This is yet another hour of silence. But mentally prepare yourself for what you are about to experience next. I'm not prepared. In the 13th hour, you shall pass out, <laughs> much like you did in the 7th hour. But don't expect happy memories. In this dream, you shall experience every painful, heart-wrenching moment, suffering, and unpleasant things in your life all over again. Django will be in this dream as well. Django's in this stream and he just told me that he's moving away and he doesn't want to be on the show ever again. That he's and, in divorce. And that he is in divorce. Even. And that he didn't love me when he said he did. <laughs> Even suffering in the future, including your own death. This will be the worst dream you ever had in your life. That's, that's harsh. At the 14th hour, you will wake up. <laughs> this is another hour of silence. But the silence will be broken by your own sobbing. Your tears shall continue until the hour is over. In what? the 15th hour, putting it very bluntly, is when things start to get weird. Start? You will talk to someone. He's not visible, but he is there. He doesn't have a name, but I'm giving him one. He is your guardian <laughs> angel, but you can call him Watcher, or Protector, or Macaulay Culkin. For copyrighted. me, I call him Asshole. <laughs> this may seem funny, but trust me, it suits him. The first thing he will say to you is, Ask me anything, I'll give you an answer. You can ask him anything about your life, what will happen in the future, future, and why events occurred when they did. He will give you an answer, but in extreme graphic details, and give reasons for things you will not understand, whether it be tragedy or death. By the end of the hour, he will say farewell and leave. In the 16th hour, you will talk to your parents, but they do not make a physical appearance, mind you. Now it's your turn to answer questions. They will ask you questions about what you have done with your life, and if you do not answer one of their questions, they will press on for an answer until you can't take it anymore. At the end of the hour, they will go away. This is not part of the ritual. <laughs> this is just right. what this happens. Is just their At the 16th hour, your parents wonder what's going on. What's going on? And what when you're you on too many drugs what to answer them, go away. They're just going to be really upset. Go away. At the 17th hour, you will talk to the most important guy in your life. Whether it be your significant other or your best friend. Django, Django Phelps. Django Phelps, for everyone. <laughs> he will ask you why and how you became friends. But keep in mind, he is not looking for friendly conversation. He is questioning your friendship with him. Like Finding, every time I hang out with him. Like every time you hang out with Django. <laughs> Finding every mistake you have done to cripple your friendship with him. Reasoning with him will not work. And he will act like your parents did in the previous hour. Also, he is in divorce. <laughs> At the 18th hour, you will speak to the most important girl in your life, whether it be your significant other or your best friend. She will do the same as the person in the 17th hour did, and ask the same questions. At the 19th hour, you will talk with yourself. 
meaning you will talk with your future self, and trust me, this is the least pleasant conversation. He will tell you things you will not want to hear about yourself, and will ask you questions you can and can't answer. Soon it will be too much, and you will find yourself screaming at yourself, and anger and self-loathing will be the only emotion you have. Boy, I'm in divorce now. <laughs> this is your future. <laughs> when did you get divorced? <laughs> Answer me! In the 20th hour, following the events of the 19th hour, you will find any possibility to hurt yourself. Self-inflicting pain will be constant in this hour. Some have even committed suicide with an empty room. In the 21st hour, if you manage to survive the previous hour, here is what will await you. Music. Yes, music. It's that time that you 2 put their album on everyone's, like, Apple product. <laughs> on iTunes, on everyone's iTunes again. And, like, to this day, no one can name, like, a single song off that album. <laughs> it will be soft orchestral music, with a choir singing Gregorian chant. Similar to church music, but more beautiful. By the end of this hour, your wounds will heal. Don't ask me why, even I don't know. In the 22nd hour, the music will stop. This is another hour of silence. But you have time to think to yourself. The light on the candle will change colors, all colors of the spectrum. This is quite a sight to behold, but it's almost soothing. You're losing me, man. <laughs> In the 23rd hour, you will sing Gregorian chant. <laughs> Why? But your singing will be the only sound in the room. You honestly don't know what you're singing, but it sounds beautiful, and you will actually want to sing more. Finally, the 24th hour. Did you write this story, Django? This is the most this interesting This is just a regular day hour. for you. <laughs> this is every day for you. Every life. 24 hours. Rumor says you talk to God himself, but here is how it goes. You are pinned to the floor by some unknown force, and someone or something asks you a question at 10-minute intervals. Questions like, are you happy? It's your girlfriend. Or would you like to change? <laughs> that one for sure. That one's, that would one's you like you've change. done nothing but drugs and sit in a windowless room for the last week? Would you, you like to change? <laughs> you must answer. You will feel the need to. The questioner sounds like a man. Oh, no, that's unfair. But at the same time, sounds like your girlfriend. <laughs> Almost like the roar of a lion. Her verse is terrifying, but yet comforting at the same time. After the hour is up, you will look at the PS4 salon, at the bowl of Doritos, and the door will unlock. If you're lucky, you still have your sanity. Now it is up to you what you shall do with this information. If you want to do this, I'm not stopping you, but I'm giving you a fair warning. Some things are beyond the realms of human comprehension, and sometimes we just have nothing to explain the unnatural. But whatever it is, at least we know we are not alone. Now remember what I have told you. If you want to lose your grasp on reality, and destroy your complete sanity. Just listen to the clock. I, I mean, I liked it until I started not liking it. <laughs> I liked it um, when he said, here's what happens at the third hour. And then when he said, here's what happens at the fourth hour, I was like, oh, I hope this is not going where I think it's going. Every 24 What's hours. And then when hour? he said, this is what happens at the fifth hour, I didn't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just... Again, nothing bad really happens. You have an exp. Listen, let me level, do you want, let me do level you want with to get you real. Let me level God. with you real quick. I had this fucking experience on mushrooms. <laughs> like that was my twenty four hours. Except it was shock jams. What's the music? Pump up the, the jam. jam. Pump, pump it up. up. <laughs> I'm your Jesus. <laughs> oh my, bad Jesus. Catch money on the flat tonight. Bird mode. 
<laughs> um, but like, really, it 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 doesn't dissuade me. Like, I know that like the last story made a big point of like, you assholes don't do these rituals you find online. And like, so far, I've just been like, these seem fine. Regular Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> like pretty much. Regular weekend. You know. My girlfriend comes in every night. Do you uh, want to change? Three three a.m. and she says, "Are you? Do you need to change your clothes?" You, you pooped s- again. You pooped again. <laughs> you smell like shit. You've been in this room for twenty four hours, and I say, "I have met God. I have seen the eyes of God. I know the future and the past. It unfolds before me like a matrix." And she says, "I'm leaving you." And I say, "Don't <laughs> listen. I'll clean up." Mm-hmm. This happens once a week. This this sounds fun. Yeah, I'll read uh, I'll read another no sleep since you read a creepypasta. This one's called The Eye in the Shadows. <clears throat> From Reddit No Sleep. So one of my friend's fathers used to be uh, really into the occult before his unexplained disappearance. Afterwards, his family didn't want anything to do with any of this stuff. He kept his notes and all these rituals in an old book. And this is his last entry. Normally, it's where Harry Potter sleeps. Okay. Normally, he wrote a section about (laughs) his experiences during a ritual on the next page after his notes on the rituals themselves, except he never made one for this ritual. Honestly, I've been too afraid to try it, so I'm posting it here in case anyone is brave enough to try. So the goal is to summon the Watcher in the Shadows, some kind of guardian spirit of all hidden knowledge, to get, like, true answers to your questions, but there are risks, the book says. He knows things, incredible things, mind-blowing things, things that could change the world, things that could shatter your sanity, and some things that are better off forgotten. Rules. Do not look behind you before the Watcher answers. Do not look into the Watcher's eyes. Do not look into the eyes of your reflection in any mirror, and do not go to sleep while playing. If you do, the Watcher in the Shadows will see into your shadow and begin to follow you. If this happens, then you will have 44 days to complete the ritual or you will go into a coma. Alright, sounds good. 44 days is a lot. No, I'm signing up for the coma. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. In 44 days... I'm not going to read anymore because I just want the coma. (laughs) coma. The night... That night you will dream that you are walking down a dimly lit hallway until you come to a gate with two torches, one on either side of the gate, and beyond the gate is only darkness. The gate will open and an unseen force will pull you into the darkness, and at this point you will wake up and it will be 4.44 a.m. and every night hereafter. You will have the same dream. You will be in a shadowy, indistinct, labyrinthine library with only a single candle for light it's like amnesia dark descent pewdiepie on youtube you will find that something will be stalking you if it catches you or your candle goes out then you will immediately wake up and it'll be 4:44 a.m. and you will not be able to enter the labyrinth again that night beware though the creature is blind the watcher in the shadows will be flitting around the labyrinth and if he sees you he will begin loudly exposing all of your deepest, darkest secrets, calling the beast. And some people have found other dangers hiding in the labyrinth, like a minotaur named Chuck. You must find and solve seven riddles hidden throughout the labyrinth. Only a single puzzle may be attempted each night. The riddles change for every player. Players may also find their luck steady worsening 
steadily worsening each day, especially if they are reluctant to complete the ritual. If you solve all of the riddles, then he will depart you, and you will no longer dream of the labyrinth, or be at risk of going into a coma. Do not look away from him, do not close your eyes for more than 44 seconds, and do not go outside. If you do, he will disappear and begin stalking you. You must now begin moving. This is multi-layered. This is multi-layered. Yeah. I will never be know how to remember all of this while I am doing it. Therefore, coma. Coma time. Coma time. You must now begin moving around your house to avoid him. Whatever you do, keep your candle lit. If you are in total darkness for more than 44 seconds, then you must immediately say, Irte! four times to banish him. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then he will drag your shadow into the shadows. Double shadows. The book doesn't give any explanation, but I assume it's not good. Signs that the Watcher in the shadows is near are feeling like you are being watched. Seeing glowing purple eyes in the shadows. Seeing a shadowy figure out of the corner of your eye. Hearing giggling, innocent whispers, and flutter of leathery wings in the shadows may move in strange and natural ways. Your reflection in mirrors may move or be altered in some way. Or the candle flame may dwindle and turn blue. Do not provoke the Watcher. Doing so will cause your candle to immediately go out. And you will coma. That was just everything leading up to the ritual. And coma. Coma. Ritual. This this looks like a recipe on the internet. Where there's a blog post about it in the beginning. And this is direct instructions. These are my cookies. I got this from Food Network. This ritual changed my life. Preheat your oven to 450. 444. It was salty and sweet. Materials, one black candle, one mirror, one picture of an eye that must be made by the player, at least four drops of blood. If there are multiple players, then each must have their own candle's picture and blood. Please note that by performing this ritual, a copy of all the knowledge and wisdom you have been given to the Watcher in the Shadows to attract his attention, it must be after nightfall. Inscribe the image of an eye on the candle. Place at least a single drop of blood on the picture. Make the room completely dark. Place the black candle on the picture in front of the mirror. Light the candle and say a completely different word than the one I said before. Ethri, ethri, scientia est scientia intellectum ad intelligendum, intelligendum. Every light cast a shadow, yet without light shadow cannot be. Dispel the darkness of ignorance. Bring the light of truth from the shadows. Say all that shit four times. Blow out the candle, then relight it. If you perform the ritual successfully, then you've just summoned the watcher in the shadows, and the candle flame may burn low and turn blue, and you will hear the flutter of leathery wings, and a soft voice will whisper, One must walk through shadows to fly from darkness to light. And uh, you turn around... And uh, it's Hugh Grant. He, bro <laughs> he broke into your house, like he, then, like he did for that one chick. Again? And then yeah. you coma. Right. And then, and then you coma. And then he comas you. The Hugh Grant coma. Turn around, and you shall see a small, shadowy gargoyle, like a creature with glowing purple eyes. Mm -hmm. And this is... This is the Watcher Hugh in the Grant. Shadows. <laughs> He's going to introduce himself as Watcher, last name Shadows. <laughs> Suppose it is a uh, asterisk. Supposedly, rarely, 
um, the Watcher will respond with, mm, The shadows embrace those who truly understand the darkness and the light. If he does, then he will offer to make you his student, um, but the tuition is bullshit, <laughs> and the degree is worthless. It's not accredited. Decline, and the game will proceed as normal. Except, and, well, the book didn't say. If he makes the offer to you, maybe you can tell me. He will then begin asking you questions, and for every correct answer you give him, he will give you a truthful answer to one question, except for questions about himself, his nature, or his origins. Asking him about himself, answering one of his questions incorrectly, um, you'll wake up and it's 4.44 a.m., or you will dismiss him by thanking him and asking him to return to the shadows. The game will then end and he will depart and be warned that the book said that the player is now forever tied to the Watcher in the Shadows, and he will always be watching. Too many fours. 4.44. Um, there, and if I'm correct, there's nothing even special about 444. Um, can, and like, in like real life? In real life. I think it's just the, I think it's A, it's a midnight hour, like 333 or 222, but it's also, 4 is death, associated with death in like Asian culture. Oh. 4 is like 13 in Asia. Right. So 444. I thought 13. Right. It explains why they hate golf so much. This guy. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, next up is Strawberry Shortcake. I saved a special one for you. Is it Dumb Supper? It is not Dumb Supper. Oh. What is Dumb Supper? That'll be yours, then. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Floor is lava. Who oh, boy. All right, so this one is uh, this this one's probably just a story. Honestly, unsettling stories is mostly just fiction, but it's still funny that it's based off of a game most the of us have probably played as kids. Yeah, I'm really good um, at it. The floor is lava. You're you're good at it. Oh, I'm, I climb everything. I'm just even when I'm not playing the game, I'm like. I mean, ready even to earlier play when you booked it out the back door, did you like try climbing that tree in the backyard? Maybe a little bit. But I, I didn't like have I my shoes on. I didn't have my shoes on. I feel like I saw so you I bailed early. Yeah. Uh, this one is called The Floor is Lava from Unsettling Stories. When I was a kid, I used to play games like The Floor is Lava with my brother Greg. I didn't like it too much. Greg was far more athletic than I. Older, too. He'd do all these graceful steps and great balletic leaps that were way beyond anything my pudgy body could do. Soft boy. I'm a soft boy. I melt in lava. When I'd fall and lose the game, he'd gloat for a while, and then we'd go off and play something else. My neighbor, Mr. Clayton, would always watch us from the other side of the fence that separated our backyards. Stranger danger. He was cool, though. Like, he... <laughs> Alright. He soft touch. I'm a soft boy body. <sighs> Mom said to stay away from Mr. Clayton. But she couldn't stop the guy from watching us play. He seemed harmless, if not a little weird. He just likes to watch little boys play. We didn't pay him much attention. He's All really after like him. schizophrenic, and he like sees the lava, and he's like super concerned. <laughs> he's done the washer game. <laughs> All afternoon, he'd watch us run races or throw the football around, only leaving his place behind the fence if he wanted to refresh his drink. Every so often, Greg would say, 
Hi, Mr. Clayton! And give a big, exaggerated wave. Mr. Clayton just smiled awkwardly and looked down at the ground. To be honest, I felt a little bad for the man. I'm reading ahead, and it's going in the direction that we're talking about. That's Hell yeah. I'm ready. Oh my God. Perfect. It makes you uncomfortable, like we're reading Vore? <laughs> no, it's fine. No, that's not the direction it's going in. Aren't you ready for this? I'm so ready. I'll be your Mr. Clayton. On an afternoon in late June, right after we'd gotten out of school and the day after Greg's 15th birthday, he and I were roughhousing outside, just doing a little wrestling. We did that often. Even though he was older and taller, because of my extra heft and girth, we were roughly the same weight. He was still much stronger and more agile, though, so he always got the better of me and pinned me down. After another win by Greg, he had me helpless on the ground, writhing with sexual vigor while he crowed over me. Mm -hmm. while, I rated, while I waited for him to get off, and boy does he. <laughs> I, I glanced over to the side. I could see Mr. Clayton getting off, watching us with rapt attention. <laughs> His right shoulder was moving back and forth. Duh, duh, Even though duh. I was 11, I had a pretty good idea what he was doing. He was, he was whittling. I was, I was, I was say, stoking a fire. Let's uh, go inside, I told Greg. The tone of my voice was much different than what Greg was used to, so he sensed something was wrong and let me up. I didn't tell him what I saw. Mr. Clayton wasn't in his yard for a few days after that. While I was reluctant to go out and play again, I kept reminding myself that the guy was harmless. Not only that, but Greg could certainly kick his ass if he ever tried anything. So he's got such a big, strong 15-year-old boy's body. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> With those big, strong 15-year-old boy muscles, you know? I'm gonna go back to chair tech. That tastes like 15-year-old <laughs> boy's sweat. Chartek, help me. <sighs> so things went on like they normally did, with Mr. Clayton reassuming his position behind the fence later that week. After the July 4th weekend, Greg had a couple of his friends over. Dion and his brother Rob. Dion was okay, but Rob was a total asshole. Bully. I hated him when he visited, because Greg felt like he had to impress him. And that's what was happening. The four of us had climbed into the dilapidated treehouse that had been on the property before we moved in, the one with the spiral staircase. The thing was a wreck. Floorboards were missing and countless spiders had made the place their home. Still, for whatever reason, there we were. Rob was bragging about doing something to some girl over the weekend. He said he finger blasted her. Greg and Dion laughed along while I sat there, bored out of my mind. I had never finger blasted before. <laughs> How was I supposed to relate to Rob's story? The only story? finger blasting I've done has been with Mr. Clayton. Yes. Could Mr. Clayton show me how to finger blast? <laughs> I asked myself. <laughs> one of them had the great idea to have a pull-up contest using one of the branches above our heads. Rob took off his shirt to show off his muscular body. <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> Unsubbling story is the same guy who wrote the vor. Oh, God. <laughs> this is like the same guy who writes Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah. No, no, we read that. This <laughs> is <It's just> my <laughs> immortal. This is the author. We read my immortal. 
Rob took off his already wet and tight shirt to show off his sleek, muscular body, prompting the other two to take theirs off as well. They did their pull-ups. Rob unsurprisingly won. After he'd made fun of them for being so weak, he turned his attention to me. He pointed at me like a compass. I could see his hard rod pointed <laughs> north. Go ahead, he sneered. It's your turn. I told him I didn't want to. He said, no isn't a word in my dictionary. The others started to taunt me until I gave in and tried to do a pull-up. Obviously, I couldn't. They all laughed. Come on, take your shirt off, laughed Rob. Haven't you seen Top Gun? I did with some reluctance. When, <laughs> so Dion... <laughs> when Dion and Rob saw my chubby body, they started giggling. Try again, Rob shouted. As I strained and pulled, I felt pain explode across my back. Rob had slapped me as hard as he could. I yelped and cowered, but he kept slapping my back and chest while Dion and Greg looked on without protesting. Once Rob stopped, he said, Now watch those handprints show up. I know it. Yeah, I, I've been I, there. I predict the ending. You got it? I, I think I might have it. He calls Flora's lava, kid grabs onto the tree branch, treehouse falls down. Oh. Alright, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> That's good. totally what's gonna happen. Mr. Clayton, and I'm not reading ahead. Mr. Clayton, Mr. Clayton catches, is just a bystander. Catches the protagonist. Oh my god. Kisses him does. on the forehead and says, Let's go home. Says, well, I'm a lava monster. <laughs> Two kisses. They watched. True to his word, the prince rose out of the angry red flesh while they giggled maniacally. Hey, Steve, said Greg. The floor is lava. I told him I didn't want to play and started to climb down from the treehouse. Rob blocked my exit. You're playing, he informed me. I was ordered to jump the gap between the floorboards. There was no way I'd be able to do it. I knew what I was capable of, and that just wasn't even close. All three boys whooped and hollered at me to do it. I stood my ground. That's when my brother started hitting me. Not slaps, either. Punches. And tickles. He rained blows down on my lower back before getting in close to my ear and hissing, Just do it, you fucking baby. As much as I tried to keep it in, I started crying because I'm a soft boy. <laughs> After a couple minutes, Greg got bored of hitting me. I curled up in the corner as Rob changed the subject back to the girl he'd finger-blasted over the weekend. While they laughed and asked typical, obscene questions, I sobbed pathetically. Rob looked at his watch and swore once he noticed it was much later than he thought. He and his brother climbed down the creaky ladder and left. Damn. Greg followed them, leaving me alone in the treehouse to cry like a bitch. I stayed there for an hour, seething. It would still be another three hours before Mom would be getting home from work. If I had to wait up there the whole time, so be it. I didn't want to see my brother. Mr. Clayton stared up at the entrance of the treehouse while I sat with my legs dangling over the side. Greg came back out an hour later. He climbed the ladder and pushed me backward onto the floor. I stared up at him as the splintery wood dug into my bare, handprint-covered back. You embarrass me in front of my friends, you little piece of shit, he hissed. You fucking faggot! You fucking pussy! He circled around like, the, like he was about to start hitting me again. Then I noticed where he was. Without thinking, I kicked him in the knees as hard as I could. He gasped and stumbled backwards. He dropped through the missing planks in the floor, striking his chin on the wood as he went, shattering his teeth. 
I heard a loud thump as he hit the ground below. Jesus. <laughs> I took my time climbing down the ladder. Once I reached the ground, I walked over to my brother. His face was a rictus of blood, and he drooled shards of teeth out of his mouth onto the grass. I can't move, he wheezed. My arms. Legs. I kicked him in the chest. I thought the floor was lava, you fuck, I whispered. I should have known that he was whispering before I read that <laughs> sentence. Yeah, context. I kicked him in the chest. I thought the floor was lava, you fuck, <laughs> I yelled. <laughs> Why didn't you jump? I kicked him again. My neighbor watched from his side of the fence, his right shoulder moving furiously as he stared at our shirtless bodies. I smiled. He's all yours, I, infirm I informed Mr. Clayton. As I walked back towards the house, I looked over my shoulder, just in time, to see my neighbor hauling himself over the fence. That's a terrifying story. We read a good story! We oh, read you, you like unsettling stories? I I thought that was Dees. We fed our older bully brother to yeah, our to a sexually perverse neighbor. Kicked him in the in the shin and made him yeah. lose his teeth and then floor is lava. Why, why am I surprised that you like the guy who wrote the war story? That was, no, that was <laughs> that was the first decent story we've read. Listen, this episode. We're not reading stories. We're reading rituals. Okay, that was the first decent piece of fiction we read this episode. That's fair. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not surprised you like um, unsettling stories. The quality of writing is always kind of there. It's just um, unsettling. The guy believes in a last act, last act gut punch. He just it's he a, mostly it's a, goes yeah. for gross out humor, yeah. gross out horror, and like um, you know, obviously <laughs> with the aforementioned four, um, sometimes erotic. Right. Type of type of situations, which doesn't strike me as weird. That neighbor's pedophile as a byline to the story. Obviously, neighbor's pedophile. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think we've ever read many unsettling stories on your episodes. I th I think been on. I think the only ones where we have. Okay, that was fun. I liked that. He's was bad. A, it was a little bit like I, I. Yeah, I'm not saying it was like great, but it was like I thought it was better than the other stories we read. It was a little like a like Chuck Palahniuk. Is it? Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. yeah. A little dark, a little mature, a little fun. It's okay. I, uh, I lit sparklers in my ass crack. Right. <laughs> Everything I'm, happens. Is that before <laughs> or after? Uh, a bit, like, during, but mostly <laughs> before before it got during. bad. It was, like, to, it was for misdirection. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was like, hey, do you want to stick these in your ass real quick? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. That's beautiful. Let's change the subject. This is pretty much a universal <laughs> subject changer. Look at this! <laughs> hey, watch this! He's got lit... Or, sorry, strawberry has lit things in his ass crack. <laughs> you have a... You have a proclivity for doing that sometimes. Diffusing? <laughs> things, I was lighting like, things in fire. Oh, lighting things. I thought you said... I thought you meant, like, diffusing hard... Difficult situations. I'm like, no, no, no. no, no I just no, I light things in my ass. <laughs> I just light things in my things in my ass on fire. But yeah, um, it's funny because I was just like working into ever since like we've been quarantined. Me and my neighbors, like the especially the neighbor to my left, have been like cool now. Like they brought over some baked goods the one day, and then I baked them pretzels and gave them back. And they've been like, we've been swapping stuff, and now I get to like park off street in their little lot because he owns that garage next door. 
So I'm like, sweet, I get like free off-street parking, and That's we're really like friends nice. now. And then like, as soon as we start becoming cool, I'm out in my backyard lighting sparklers in my ass. And I'm like, did they think I'm an idiot again? <laughs> did they figure it out yet? <laughs> that it's all a ruse? I'm not really a mature adult. <laughs> they do figure it out, for sure. Like, it's weird, every couple of weeks he's outside screaming with fire in his asshole. <laughs> You, you really are a, uh, a cold and a hot and cold individual. <laughs> there are two sides of your coin, and one of them is definitely putting things in your ass and then lighting them on fire. Yeah. You are Katy Perry. Because <laughs> maybe you're a firework. But do you uh, ever feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind, I think is the next line? <laughs> Something like that? Have you ever seen... American beauty <laughs> with the plastic bag floating in, in the, the wind. wind. <laughs> right. That's how that song goes. Yeah. So it, we're going to let Django read this next one. This is another one from a website. Uh, this is the Dumb Supper Ritual um, for Halloween love. Mm. It's for uh, young women to see into the future. Um by making mystical meals, which I thought was interesting. This is another recipe. <laughs> Food Network. These days, <laughs> Halloween is a spooky holiday devoted to ghoulish fun. But for young women in the British Isles in the United States, Halloween once was the prime time for love rituals. Hell yeah. The day when our cult ceremonies could offer a glimpse into the future. Like Mr. Clayton. Like, oh no. <laughs> Romanticized by poets such as Keats and Burns, these love rituals supposedly allowed young women to divine the identity of their future husbands. Right. Out of all such ceremonies, the most elaborate, meaningful method was the dumb supper. <laughs> dumb, in this Are case. You a little bit. Because I'm already dumb. You're like, mm, dumb <laughs> talking to It's me. like fourth meal. Dumb supper. <laughs> Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Dumb in this case is a synonym for mute or silent. As um. the most essential rule was that a dumb supper be conducted in complete silence. Perhaps for many centuries, writes scholar Paul B. Frazier, young women have tried to use magic in this manner. According to Fork Lorist Oiland D. Hand, who studies forks for a <laughs> The Dumb Supper has roots in an English love divination, one that was once fairly well known. Americans, especially in rural regions, perpetuated the custom into the 20th century. From Oxfordshire to Ozark County, Hand observes, the ritual was performed with considerable conformity. Young women typically held dumb suppers, but men sometimes attended it as well. The setting was usually an isolated place free of disturbances, such as an abandoned or otherwise empty house. In Fraser's account of a dumb supper, two teenage girls in the turn of the century Kentucky prepared a supper backwards in every respect. The tables were set as wrongly as possible, the chairs were turned backwards, the meal was to be served dessert first. Yo, I'd fuck with that. That's classic Fraser. Sounds cool as shit. Classic Fraser. <laughs> if anyone spoke a word, the spell was broken. When everything was prepared exactly right, then at midnight, the spirits of the husbands-to-be would walk through the door, or even arrive in person. Lucy, I'm home! And then there's a, there's a photo. There's an ad. There's an ad. 
for Carduck. Whether apparition or real, whoever sat next to the girl was sure to be her future husband. In romantic novels and short stories, a dumb supper was the ideal time for a long-lost sweetheart to coincidentally show up. Victorian newspapers, especially in the American South, outlined the process of conducting a dumb supper, while Edwardian novels made them into thrilling plot points. After all, for many young women, and occasionally men, dumb suppers were party games with a supernatural thrill. But in spookier accounts, dumb suppers could herald spinsterhood and death. If a coffin appeared at midnight, that meant that one of the young women wouldn't marry at all and would likely die soon. Just like a coffin walks into the room, like a coffin oh, shuffles into the room. Waddles over. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's dessert first? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes, as Fraser relates, the dumb supper could even predict. Murder. Which is funny because that's what you were talking about, that we needed more of more murder in our games. According to one account from Missouri, two young women set their table in a deserted house. At the stroke of midnight, one saw a horrifyingly moved of its own volition to rest beside her. The other woman was probably happy to instead see a young man walk through the door at midnight, his apparition summoned by the ritual. The young man arrived holding a knife, which he dropped the moment he sat next to his future bride. She picked up the knife and put it in her pocket, and after the silent meal was over, the young man stood and left the room as the coffin slid along beside him and followed out the door. Soon, the young woman met the man and married him. One day, she showed him a knife. On seeing it, he flew into a rage and stabbed her in the throat and chest until she died. <gasps> yep, you'll die that way. Of course, this was a fuck likely designed to warn young women away from superstitious midnight rituals. The ones that end badly, says Fraser, seem to be warnings that the use of magic in love affairs is unfair and doomed. During actual dumb suppers, the only danger was interruption by neighborhood pranksters. According to Hand, the participants' mothers encouraged boys to burst in, sometimes through the windows. Then there's your photo of windows. But the dumb supper, along with other Halloween love rituals, did address a deeply felt need. In a time when a young woman's future depended on whom she married, discovering the man's identity in advance was powerfully motivating. As the author of a dumb supper story from 1849 noted, a young maiden will go through a great deal in order to get some kind of answer to a question that so deeply involves her happiness. Another simpler Halloween love ritual is to simply look into a mirror while walking backwards. <laughs> you could see why this didn't work out. <laughs> in a horror movie fashion, it's caused the face of one's future husband to return one's gaze. Such rituals weren't necessarily tied to Halloween either. According to folk belief, a young woman who observed an evening of silence and went to bed without dinner on the night before the feast of St. Agnes would dream of her future husband. Another ritual called for eating a hollow-out egg filled with salt in hopes of inducing one's future spouse in a dream to provide a cup of water. <laughs> Here's some water. I fucking love you. <laughs> Dude, life Marry me. The internet sucks ass. <laughs> Nevertheless, writes Hand, dumb suppers usually were held at liminal times between the seasons. In California, New Year's Eve was, was the day of choice, while in Maryland, it was May Eve. The appeal of the dumb supper was widespread and long-lasting. Hand collected 35 dumb supper accounts from the British Isles and 100 from the United States, some dating as far back as the 17th century. <laughs> He noted that in England and Scotland, young women focused on baking special dumb cakes for the midnight <laughs> supper, while America, Americans emphasized the backwards meal and settings. By the 1950s, though, dumb suppers had largely disappeared. In an investigation of Halloween's romantic roots, journalist Neeraj Chopsky points out that children have become the holiday's main focus, plus women have won more control over their destinies, making marriage rituals less enticing. 
but dumb suppers are still observed in one quarter, as a soulful ceremony for Semin, the ancient Celtic festival of the dead and the start of winter. Practicing witches and warlocks, a small but fast-growing spiritual group in the United States, often celebrates Samhain on or around the traditional date of October 31st. Taking place in such appropriate locales as Salem, Massachusetts, the age-old ritual of Dumb Supper memorializes and honors the beloved dead. Participants eat meals, often containing the favorite foods of the departed, backwards, starting with dessert and ending with dinner rolls. Of course, the meals are conducted in unbroken silence. Gastro Obscura covers the world's most wondrous food and drink. Sign up for our email delivered twice a week. I always like injecting some more real shit in what we're reading. I love the learning. I, I actually liked that. I thought the learning was great. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny, not just that people did this, but that... Dumb shit before the internet? Well, I mean, dumb shit before the internet is, is good, right? But I think, like... There, you know how we've been talking about consequences? It's like, there is a consequence to this action. Like, there is a chance, you know, a coffin will appear in front of the door, and you'll just be like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna die alone. You know, like, knowing that or knowing the face of your lover, do you take that risk? Even in reality, a prankster comes in the window with a knife, (laughs) and you see the prankster, and your sister has her back, she's making her Johnny cake... Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I'd love to warn her, but this is a dumb supper. We can't speak. So I guess my sister's just going to have to... And what's going to happen to the Johnny cake? That's That would be my concern. And also, pranksters coming in through your windows with coffins. Like the, if two a, of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, because one, one person has to lift the coffin in, and the other person is in the coffin. Right. And he uses his weight, he shifts it to walk the coffin across the room. Right. And the coffin saunters across the room confidently and says, "I think I think die. maybe I think maybe if I was in thirteen layers of fabric, and my I, my stomach was cinched and a coffin came through the window, I'd be like, no, actually, you know what? Fuck this! And I would like leave the seventeenth century, and I would like drown myself. Yeah, and try to find like a time machine, because <laughs> that shit is no, that's ridiculous. It wouldn't. So a coffin just walks into the room." Yeah, that's the, just the lead up to any good joke. I'd be like, hey, fuck this. No, fuck this. Actually, I'm a lesbian. Fuck this. Fuck you guys. Fuck this dumbass supper. I'm done. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I can get behind eating dessert in complete silence. That's though. pretty good. But then you end with what? Rolls. Vegetables and ranch. Dinner rolls. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's a good joke. Salad. It's a great joke. <laughs> off. Alright, so I'm gonna read the last story here. That was that hors d'oeuvre humor. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the whole time during Dumb Supper, it just reminded me, do you guys watch Nathan for You? Yeah. With the dumb Starbucks? Dumb Starbucks. (laughs) It's just a parody of supper. (laughs) As long as he gets by under parody. Coming to my restaurant, we eat everything backwards in darkness and complete silence. (laughs) It's an art project, so we get around all health and safety. Oh, uh, people die. I don't get blamed for it though, because it's just our project. It's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. Um, it's not a real Starbucks, obviously. Last thing I'm gonna read is from No Sleep, and it's called the Oklahoma Darkness Game. Um, any thoughts? Is Oklahoma any more dark than any other place? 
No. Oklahoma has a bad musical. Tornadoes. Well, I do think they probably they do. Well, how I mean, they are in like Tornado Alley, but as far as large cities, because you ever look on like dark maps to see like where you can get the best stars and oh, shit. Oh, right, yeah. Like, I think they are probably oh, far enough away from any major city. Cartographer's you, dream. Yeah, that it's nice and flat. There's a lo- lot less light pollution. Paris. I think you can get really dark in Oklahoma. Paris? That is one of the brightest and worst places to be. They're not close if to you it, want it. <laughs> Yeah, they're very Oklahoma's far from Oklahoma. Far. Well, yeah. Well, there's Paris, Texas, which isn't far, if you're counting that one. That's pretty close. Yeah, Texas is... Movie adjacent. This is a game that is quite common in my part of Oklahoma. I call it the darkness game, though others call it the summoning game, which is a pretty different fucking game when you really think about it. Mm -hmm. I just did this game a week ago and it completely changed my life for the worse. (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you how it's done here, but I don't recommend any of you doing it. Even if you think you are ready for the consequences, trust me, you're not. So anyway, disclaimer over, here's the game. <laughs> so here's the game. So, anyway. so a week ago on Saturday night, I initiated this game, and the game requires that you be alone. You can't chicken out or have a friend like Midnight Man. You can do this game in a house or in a apartment, but it has to be at night. The key element here is darkness. Any kind of light is a no-no. For this experiment, you will need the following items. Two flashlights. That's one, but one for backup. uh, With brand new batteries. A piece of colored chalk. A positive item. An item that instills positivity or happiness inside of you. For religious people, this can be an item like a cross or a holy book. For others, a picture of a loved one can do as well. This object is your only lifeline once you start, so choose your item carefully. Django, what are you bringing in? A positive item? Your positivity item. Oh, positivity item. Gotta be a snowball. So it melts? <laughs> no, the hostess. The hostess. Oh, the hostess. Tasty cake. Yeah. Snack. The coconut ones. Yeah, it's the most positive item. I don't really like coconut, but it's. I would bring a snowball. But like for you, it's a really positive. It's a really positive thing. That makes sense. Strawberry shortcake. What do you What are you bringing? I don't know. I'd bring this little. uh, I I keep this little Pikachu on my nightstand, and when it's too dark in the middle of the night, I grab him, and when you press a button, he lights up. Can I change my answer? Yeah. I would say like a little miniature Pikachu. Yeah, that, like, lights up in the dark. Yeah, that'd be my positive item. Yeah. I, too, have an answer now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a oh. <laughs> it's a pen. Oh! It's a good pen. Plot twist. That is One that's writable. It's a Pilot that G2. Doesn't... Nope. Pilot G2. The Pilot Acroball. It's a Pilot Superior G2. to the G2. And it's not a point seven. I have it's G2s. Point I have Acroballs. It's a you point can't, nine. You know, you, like, you can't write on your hand with a G2. Or it's a point five. Four candles. You ever try to write on your hand with a G2? It doesn't work. A knife, a dagger, or a wooden stick. A lighter. And a heavy jacket or coat. Because you will need it. 
I had the following items ready to go when I was doing it in my family's three-bedroom apartment. I was alone. As soon as night fell, I gathered my items, put on my flashlight, and started putting off all the lights in the house. Darkness is critical. I made sure I shut the curtains so that no artificial light can come inside the apartment. After the apartment was dark as possible, I entered the living room and started the summoning process. The goal is to summon a demon. Now different people have different summoning methods. This is the method that's used by people in my community. Heads up, I don't think this is a method originated from Oklahoma, though the game definitely did. I guess someone researched uh, different summoning methods and then passed out on the passed on the one that worked. But Here's again, the method. don't do this. Choose a proper place. Clean it so you would feel that this is not an ordinary occasion. Prepare all needed ritual utensils. Place four candles north, east, south, west. Could be of any color. Are you Although preparing your utensils? I prefer black ones, but you can have one of each corresponding color on each quarter of the circle. Alter is in the middle, more or less, of the circle, directed north of any or any direction you find suitable for the occasion. Triple you can draw. A. Mr. Clayton is pointing. You can draw the circle using the chalk and split it into four quarters, but it's not necessary. It is north, isn't it? Make sure you light the candles using the lighter. Draw a pentagram directly south of the circle of candles and very close to the circle using the chalk. Sit on the pentagram. When you are ready, begin north, invoking earth energy by calling on earth, elemental demon of your choosing, for example, Belial. Take deep breaths, relax mentally and physically. Take the dagger, stick, or finger, point it upwards at the sky, and draw in front of you a pentagram visualizing energy lines, creating the symbol, reciting at the same time, and lyrak tasa vefa welek belial. You can repeat the N three times. Imagine Earth, its energy, feeling, entering the circle, creating it. Then you turn east and invoke air energy by calling upon Lucifer or any air elemental demon of your choosing. Repeat previous step using Lucifer's end. Renik Tasa Ubaraka Biasa Ikar Lucifer. Then visualize air energy, its feeling entering the circle and creating it. Correspondingly, you do the same south for fire. Flarius, Ganic Tasa Fubin Flarius. And west for water, Leviathan, Jedan Tasa Hoet Naka Leviathan. In the center, invoke Satan. Fuck yeah, horns up, Tasa Ranilaris Satan. As fifth element, the spirit combining and balancing all elements together. Yu Gi Oh! Exodia. I thought the fifth element was love. You finish. Please do Dallas Multipass? You finish the summoning by blowing out all the candles until their flames are gone. Using your flashlight, start walking around the house. You don't have to keep on moving, but doing so will increase your chances of observing supernatural activity. Make sure you tightly hold on to your positive item. The item makes you immune to the negative suggestions of the demons, and the demons can't hurt you physically since they are not of this realm, but they can corrupt your mind and bend it to their ways. 
They can make you a hollowed-out husk, a miserable slave to them for the rest of your life. Through your mind, they can attempt to enter our realm. If they succeed in entering, no human is safe, not one. I don't know. I don't know. Going back to the game for the first two hours, I only noticed physical changes. The apartment gradually became colder, to the point where it was positively freezing. I started becoming paranoid. Every corner, every mass of darkness held some evil creature in mine eyes. You have no idea how scary it is to be alone in a pitch-dark apartment, especially after you did a demon-summoning ritual. Things started becoming worse after midnight. I started hearing knocking in random places. First, I heard a knock at my door. Checked through the peephole, no one was there. Then I heard a knock in my bedroom. Then my parents' bedroom. Knock, knock. When I entered my parents' bedroom, I heard a knocking at the closet. As if someone was inside the closet and was knocking it. It's Tom Cruise. Don't let him out. Yet again, no one inside the closet when I opened it. I started seeing the demons after 2am, it's very difficult to do justice to how scary and horrifying they look through mere words. Suffice to say, you will be scared out of your wits. The worst part is when they notice me. They would look at me and smile in the creepiest way possible. I started screaming at this point, because they would start coming towards me. I held on to my positive item and tried my best to recreate the positive feelings I felt towards the object, and somehow, that kept me sane. The demons would come right up to my face and even pass through me. Fortunately, the positive item seems to have worked and I didn't get hurt by them, or so I thought at the time. <laughs> I spent the last three hours of the night sitting in my couch. In my couch. In it. I was still petrified. I could still see the demons. The fear and adrenaline kept me up. There was no risk of falling asleep. As soon as dawn came, I put all the lights on and washed off the circle and the pentagram. I let out a sigh of relief and thought... That was the end of it. Boy, was I wrong. I started feeling off from that day onwards, as if someone was watching me. I haven't seen the demons again, but I can hear them whispering in my mind. They tell me to do the nastiest things that I will not repeat here. My dreams are vivid and terrible. My life has become a mess. I will be meeting both a priest and a demonologist tomorrow. I hope I can get rid of whatever I invited into my house. To whoever it is out there who's going to participate in the same game, despite my experience and my warning, I have two suggestions for you. Suggestion fucking one. Tell someone you know and trust that you are doing this game, and make sure they are nearby in case you need help. Preferably have them waiting outside in the car so they can see if you do something with the curtains or blinds. Let that be the emergency message. If you open the curtains or open the blinds, then your friend better run his ass into your apartment and put the lights on. Don't rely on a cell phone. Visit a priest, a holy man, and a supernatural expert the very next day. Don't wait a week like I foolishly did. Ask the holy man for an exorcism of your residence and of yourself. I wish you luck, and I wish myself luck. I hope I can one day go back to living a normal life. And I hope one day I can go back to that Ikea I was kicked out of. So, uh, summoning's pretty cool. Here's, a, here's so, yeah. the story of how I stapled my nutsack to the ceiling. I wouldn't no, recommend games cool. anyone else do this. But if you do want to do this, yes. here's what you need to do. Step one, get a staple gun. Step two, get a nutsack. I wish you luck, and I wish myself luck. I hope one day I can go back to having a normal life. Um, 
and normal it is. Silly nuts. There, I mean, there's your story. Death is your <laughs> no positives. You were saying before everything. No positives. <laughs> right. There's no negatives. Well, now right. there's no positives. Yeah, I was asking for consequences, and this one is literally like, don't, All don't do this. Demons and shit? This is so stupid. No thanks. <clears throat> so, uh... So, yeah, that was the episode. We, we did it. It was a journey. Mm-hmm. It was, um... It was several things, yeah. We've been through rituals and recipes. Rituals, recipes... Uh, the floor is pedophiles. That that took a turn. It did. That took for a turn. the best. Yeah. The floor is pedophiles. Okay. Well, right. Yeah. Um, you know that's if we're being honest, that's like the biggest ghoulie of all. Your local pedophile, and these are games. Sure. This this life is a game we are playing. Does anyone have anything they want to admit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. uh... Yeah, I mean, my my dick kind of looks like your dad's. It does, and that's what I appreciate. <laughs> it it reminds me of home. <laughs> Every time I get a taste, I'm like, oh, that's mom's cooking for sure. That's mom's cooking. One day I'm going to kiss a girl. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's going to be fucking sick, bro. Dudes will suffice until then. Like, sick, like, gnarly? Or, like... No, or like, like COVID. sick, like, COVID. <laughs> yeah, like Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> like, right, we're like coming back sick, around. Sick, yeah. We're coming back yeah. around. It's full circle. It's I 180 it. degrees. Yeah. Draw a perfect circle, and then kiss it. And then oh, can it. we draw circles? <laughs> no. I'm going to draw no. some circles. <laughs> Apparently, you're both great at it. No, I'm pretty good at it's not... Circles. I mean, he might be really good... I'm like, I can draw a circle. I can't draw a circle. You can't draw how anything. Much time, how much time do I have? Like a minute. You've something. got like just one stroke with a pen. Do I have to do it fast? No, no. you can You can do it slow. I can take my you time? Can, yeah, you can take your time around. I have the perfect circle. I don't believe you at all. I actually, I know how to make uh, a perfect circle entirely out of straight lines. I do too. Yeah. You use a thousand straight lines. Just, well, the more the merrier. Yeah. With Remon sums. No, there. It's not a thousand. <laughs> there is a limited number. It's something like. Where's the washer? It's because yeah, what you do uh. is what you do is you take a square, you cut it into four squares, and then you cut those squares into rectangles, and then you take each of those re- rectangles, and then you draw diagonal lines through them. Oh, is that right? Is that and make then a circle? When you have all the diagonal lines line oh, up, shit. they will eventually, at some point, all reach around to be able to connect point a that makes sense from quadrant one to quadrant two there is an app this is so off topic but this is now apparently what we're talking about there's an app where you get what the greeks got you get a compass and a straight edge compass yep and you have to draw everything it fucking sucks bro shit is complicated as hell you can't draw shit with that No, you really can't. I can't. There's a pointy bit at the other end. It's like it's like draw a triangle and Watch I'm like your eye. where's my triangle tool? And it's like you right. have a compass and a ruler. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It's tough. Tough, bro. Oh, these were some games. Django. Django. Uh, here with Strawberry Shortcake. Short game. Oh, it's <laughs> I three. Don't know. It's two circles. 
that touch each other and then a circle in the gap and then you connect it. I got I got it. Django. I I I don't even Yeah, so you draw yeah, the one circle. Draw the one circle. You draw the circles say. that the center is like the edge of each of them and then you have an equilateral between the centers of the circles as long as no. three no. no dumb way to do it. No, this is that's like a no. good way to do it. No. That's a good way to do it. No. Alright, do step, whatever you want to do. Step zero, take a shit. Show me your <laughs> app and I'm zero, gonna do so much better than you with shit. that app. It just search that the sounds app. like search the app. What's the app? Like just you, a Greek compass and it's like ruler Euclidia thing. Euclidia or something? Euclidia. It's like Euclidia. It's, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like Euclidia. Right. I uh, I love this. I love where we're going right now you for the show. I love, I love how much you love when we get off topic, and he is just gas on the fire. And uh, I love you, it so much. you would do anything to talk about anything that doesn't deserve to be on this show. Like you clitoris. <laughs> like you clitoris. Is it a thing? Yeah, I'm downloading yeah, it now. You're you're clitoris. Clitoris. <laughs> you clitoris. This, Wait, is that the thing? I'm I'm ending the fu- I'm ending the fucking episode. We actually had to re no really quick. This is for the the podcast. Jesus Christ! No, I swear, I swear. My Hamiltonian had a phase difference between exponential of zero and exponential of two pi, and we were getting a phase difference which resulted in an angle. And we realized I wasn't using the symbolic toolbox, so I was just using pi. So it takes it out to like a decimal expansion. It's like 16 decimal points. But you get like an e to the negative 16 difference between 0 and 2 pi, which you shouldn't mathematically. So if you use symbolic pi, if you replace it, it's more computationally uh, expensive, but it gets you accurate results. Equilateral triangle is the first level of the tutorial. (laughs) (laughs) Let me me just say, drawn circles is uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Poopy circles. Await till the days end when the moon is high. A little wise with the tide with the lust for life. Unless an army will run us a whore. And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore. Await the days end when the moon is high. And then our eyes with the tide with the lust for life. Unless an army will run us a whore. And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore.